hearers and doers of the word. And that's what I wanted to speak to you about today. Hearing and doing. And in fact, the scripture makes a distinction between simply hearing the word and hearing and doing. Thank you, Jesus. Doing is a response, supposed to be a response to hearing. I don't know if you've ever prepared for a test where you've spent, I know you have, you've spent all a year getting ready for something. That's them saying, you need to hear what I'm saying. And at the end of the year, they want to check if you've, you know what it is they said. I know what I said. I know what you heard. But now can you say it back to me? Now can you execute on what you heard? And I want to start the scripture, if you would turn with me. Um, Our anchor scripture for today is going to be Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. I'm going to read that and I'm going to jump to our supporting scriptures. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 29. Now, if... We go straight to the Sermon on the Mount here, right at the very end, actually, the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount deserves, as a teaching exercise, a, it deserves its own space. It is such a wonderful insight into who Jesus is and what his kingdom is supposed to be, that it deserves its own teaching exposition. But today we're going to focus on this very last point he made during the Sermon on the Mount. And it reads... Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Verse 26. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, so everybody who hears them but doesn't do them, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Then the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus ended his sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as described. That's our anchor scripture. But before we we dive into that, let's go to two other scriptures. I want you to go to Psalms 119. Psalms 119. And verse 11, whoever first finds it, if you could read that for me. Psalms 119 and verse 11. Thy word yes. have I hid in my heart, right. that I might not sin against thee. Thank you, Jesus. Thy word yes. have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against you. There's something about the word that for some of us, it's almost like, I don't know if you've ever seen that material. Um, whenever you ever sprayed those, the, the windows of your car with that particular type of spray, and then you put water on it, the water just runs off. Right, Rain-X, right? You spray it on your car window, and as soon as water, t- you don't even have to switch your 
when you're going down at 70 miles per hour, you don't have to switch on your windshield wiper because the nature of the of the rainex means that water will not won't even won't cling to it. Some of us unfortunately have done that with the word. It's been applied to us. The word is applied, but it's like the water. It runs straight off. We've allowed the word to touch us, but not actually get in us and infiltrate us. We've got the culture of today has created a, a culture of people that have remix to the word all over them. They are bathed in the word. They come up in the word, but the culture has made it so that it can't get in them. Thank you, Jesus. We have to be very careful that the word isn't just around us and not in us. David said, thy word, O Lord, have I hid in my heart, which means he's put it in a place where no one else can see and no one else can get to. It's reserved in a particular place that you can't mess with it. What do you do with treasure? You hide it in a particular location so no one can get at it. Because when you, because basically, whenever you want to get back at your treasure, you want to make sure it's where you left it. What is David says? The word is such a treasure to him that he's hid it in his heart in a location that no one can steal it from him. We have that song, don't let anybody steal your joy, right? Why? You've got to put it in a place where no one can get at it. No one can disturb it. No one can mess with it. No one can take a little... Uh, I was watching that one, what was that one film with, with, the, with the hobbits were trying to find all the, the treasure in the dragon's lair? And the dragon didn't want to give one coin of his treasure. They didn't want to, the dragon wasn't going to give them one pence out of his treasure. He had sat there and was guarding the whole thing the whole time and he wasn't going to give them one red cent out of that treasure. It's his. You need to treat the word like this. Don't give anybody anything of what is yours. Yes, we give the word. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, we give the word, but what is yours to preserve you? Don't give it up. Don't let that be risky where people can steal away your joy in the Holy Spirit. Don't let them do that to you. Hide it in your heart. Put it in a place where they can't knock. You know when, have you ever been somewhere where somebody's come up to you and they've dragged their negative energy and dumped it out on you? You were in a perfectly good mood the whole day. You were doing great. This person comes into the room, dumps out all the negative energy onto you, and now your good mood is gone with them, and you're left with the energy that they took and brought and dumped on you. It's the worst feeling, isn't it? To have that, I'm like, I was good, and they've just brought me down and left. What am I saying? Don't let anybody displace what is the energy of the word in your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The energy that it produces in you, the positive energy of righteousness that it produces in you, don't let anybody come and find out where you've got it hidden and mess with your store and your cash of the word. Don't let them mess with your cash. You've got a secret stash. I know mom, mom used to have caches of money all over the house for a rainy day. 
Mommy's in a grave three years, and we're still finding money. All right, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Because she wanted to make sure that no matter what came up, she had a little cash of the word of money inside her heart. What am I saying? We've got to do the same thing for the word. All your word that you hear, all the prayer you pray, isn't necessarily for today. You've got to somehow dip back into the cash and the reserve you've got of word. Hide it in your heart. What I'm listening, what I'm saying to you today may not be relevant for today. Maybe you're in a great mood. You came to church in a fantastic mood. You came with your worship and your praise ready to help your saints, help ready to help the brothers and sisters get to a place. You came with a wonderful prayer, a wonderful song. And today isn't the day when you need to hear how you can make it through because you're good today. But two months from now, you just don't know what it's going to be. You don't know what kind of negative energy you have to deal with. Hide the word in your heart. Thank you, Jesus, so that you will not sin against the Lord. Let's go to one other scripture before we go back to our foundational scripture. Saint in James chapter 1. And again, whoever finds it, please read it. James chapter 1, and we're going to start at the 21st verse. And through to 20, just keep reading and I'll take one to stuff. Yes. Yes. Hold it right yes. there. So here he says, lay aside your filthiness, yes. get rid of it. He says, if you're, and the next put the superfluity <laughs> of, and it actually better translate, or it, I can actually pronounce it as overflowing with wickedness. There are some people that are overflowing with wickedness. We need to get rid of it. Let's keep going, though. Of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word. This is a, a fascinating way to take this. The engrafted word means it's not just something that is just yes. closely associated with you. It's something that has been connected to you. Yes, 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 yes sir. This is, again, harkens back to Psalms where you've hidden it somewhere that is precious to you. The engrafted word means it's been connected to you. I don't know if you've seen a plant that can do this. It's an amazing thing where you can literally cut into one plant, take a branch of another plant, and if you angle it just right, you can put it, you can cut into the, the, the vine of one plant, place the branch of the other plant in it, bind it together, and this plant will give the connected plant its, its of its substance, what it's drawing out of the earth, what it's used for photosynthesis with the leaves, it will give back to that engrafted in branch. And that's what it's saying here. Engraft the word into you, make sure it's connected to you so that you are, you are absolutely, it is a, the, the word they use in science is symbiosis, okay. yes, sir. where you get something, where it's a relationship between two organisms where one gives to the other and the other gives to the one. Right. Yes, they call right. it in biology symbiosis. Right. So if, if a, if a, um, if a uh, ant uses um, a, a tree, right, yes. they'll call that relationship symbiosis as long as the ant is giving something to the tree. Okay. The, the, the ant will protect the tree from birds, right. And the plant will give the, the ant food. Right. It's a two-way relationship. Yes. Yes. We have to have that kind of relationship yes. with God. Yes. I'm relying on him. Yes. And I'm giving him all the praise. Yes. Yes. 
the same time he's saying, well, I need you to give me, I need you to give your body as a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. Okay. Yes, I need yes, you sir. to give worship and praise. Yes, yes, yes. We are both getting something from the relationship. The word is engrafted in me. It's connected to me. But keep reading, please. And receive with meekness engrafted word, which is able to, to save, save your soul. Your soul. So there's a, the difference between the engrafted word and the and the word that has been reflected by the rainex. Keep going back to that because sometimes, sometimes you all are not hearing the word. You're hearing it and it's just doing this. It's just going off. It's not the engraft. It's not the deeply embedded word. It's got to be embedded in you. It's got to be hidden in you. It's got to be such that I can't, if, even if I try to come with my negative energy, I can't knock the word out of you. Yes. Okay. I can't get it out of you. Hallelujah. I can't get it out. Thank you, Jesus. Keep going, though, because it's able to keep, save your soul. Sorry, save keep going. Your soul. 22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Deceiving your own selves. There's a difference between being a hearer of the word and a doer of the word. Because those who are hearing it, you know, I, I've noticed that this is a pattern with the world, how when they want to get a point across, they will happily repeat something that we do. Like, so, so you know, if, if they catch somebody who's supposed to be saved, they'll repeat the word back to them. But in a way, the, word will use, the world will use that as an occasion to attack you with your own word. Yes. They're not using it because it's in them. No. They're not using it because it's a part of them or the engrafted word. They're using it because they're seeing a chance to get at somebody. You see what I mean? So, so sometimes you'll, they'll see you act a certain way and they say, well, I thought you were Christian. I thought you were, I thought you were saved. And now they want to use it as a weapon against you. Not because they believe it, but because, it, because the word how they decide to use it can be used as a weapon. It's not in their hearts to use it. They're not trying to help you because it's in their heart. They're trying to attack you because they see an opportunity. You see that? It's a difference between having the word in you and having the word with you. Some people are just having the word and they know a little something, but it's not with them. The scripture says these type of people are deceiving their own selves. We have to be very careful. So the more of the word we hear... Let me just, just, just go with me for a moment. The more of the word we actually hear and don't do. So if we've been hearing the word for 25 years and do none of it, what does that tell us about us if we're doing that? We are deceiving ourselves the more. So if somebody just hears a little bit of the word and they're not able to do it, they've deceived themselves. But if I've been sitting here for 25, 42 years hearing the word, what have I been doing to myself? Jesus. We have to be hearers and doers of the word. Hearers, doers. Don't find yourself in a situation where you're simply a hearer. How do I apply what I'm hearing right now? How do I apply what the Lord is giving me right now? I have to look at what the word is saying, what I am and talk to the Lord about how I can make those the yes, exact yes. same thing. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Okay? Yes, Amen. Yes. Thank you. Let's keep reading. 4, 23. If any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. Keep going. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner 
of man he was. Oh, wow. Can you imagine that? You've got such a short memory that you look at yourself in the mirror and you figure out what you've got on. And then as soon as you turn around, you've forgotten what you just saw. And that's what the word does to us. It lets us see who we are reflected. It is designed for you to examine you. But if you forget immediately as you've done the examination and you've forgotten who you were, how could it possibly benefit you? You look in the mirror to get an idea of where you stand. I look at myself in the mirror every morning before I go to work because I want to make sure I look reasonably, I'm reasonably put together so that when I go to work, I'm okay. I've never had this dream, but people talk about that recurring dream where they are at some kind of very important event and they've forgotten to wear clothes. And that's the kind of frightened dream that people have. They're not prepared, right? They've kind of showed up somewhere and they're not prepared, right? The word is saying you're going out unprepared, completely forgetting where you are when you hear the word and you don't do it. Don't make that you. Don't be the person who forgets exactly who they are as soon as you turn around. When the word is in you, rather than external to you, as soon as you turn around, the word is still there because it's in you. But when the word is on the outside, when the word is not engrafted, when the word is not hidden, it's easy to forget what the word is supposed to be for you. Thank you, Jesus. When the word is inside you, it has an effect. It trans- has a transformative yep. effect yes, when it's in you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It's difficult for it to have that effect when it's not in you. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go back to our foundational scripture now, and I'll bring this to a close. We're back at Matthew chapter 7. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> verse 24. Matthew 7, verse 24. Remember, the word is supposed to be a mirror. Thank you, Jesus. The word is supposed to be hidden. Thank you, Jesus. And it's supposed to have a long-term effect on us. Thank you, Jesus. Let's start again with with Matthew 7. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. If you take nothing from this service, you're going to hear and do going forward today. We're going to hear and do. It says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Hearing, doing, you are building on a foundation that is sure. And note, both the wise man and the foolish man were able to get their house completely built. That's right. To specification. The specifications of the house is not what was the issue. They both, I assume, were using the exact same materials for their house. It was the same word that would the hearer and the non-hearer, the the doer and the non-doer hear. It's the same word. The fundamental difference is the doing. The fundamental difference between whether one house stands and one house collapses is the doing. Thank you, Jesus. Just for a second, I want you to jump down to verse 29. And this is an important point here. For he taught them as one having authority 
and not as the scribes. The living word taught his word as one with authority and not as the scribes. Sometimes I think when the word is not in you, when it's not a part of you, it's difficult for you to be an authority of something you've never experienced. Thank you, Lord. I would never get up and uh, go to a conference and start teaching on uh, gorillas in Western Africa. Why? Because I don't know nothing about them. I've never been within, I mean, I've seen a couple in the zoo. I, I know they exist. But to idea for me to go to a conference and teach people who have actually experienced and been out there and seen them in the jungle, it would be ridiculous for me to go and try to teach something I've never experienced. Why then do we insist on the Holy Spirit and the word as essential to our preaching and teaching? You cannot teach and cannot preach something you don't know nothing about. If you don't have an authority in this, if you've never experienced the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to appear teaching me nothing about it. If it's not hidden in your heart, I'm not sure how you're going to help me get it hidden in mine. We have to first be examples of what it is we are trying to teach. Thank you, Jesus. Thy word have I hid in my heart. So let's keep reading. He says, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Note again, this word, this doing of the word, wasn't for the day that the house was built. Because there was no bad weather the day the house was built. There was nothing going on right now. He says he's built the house, that's it. And then in verse 25, he says, and then, at some future point, some event happened. You, we can't build foundations for what is going on today. You have to build foundations for what's to come. There's no sense in me building a foundation and saying, well, this is great um, for nothing being built on it. I built a foundation so that the specific, so it can take either a one or a two-story house. If I want it to be three-story, maybe my foundation needs to be a little stronger than two stories. I don't build for what's there now, because there's nothing there when I build the foundation. You build for the future. Thank you, Jesus. You build for what might come. You build for the disasters that are just around the corner. You build to overcome certain things. In California, they have different building codes. Why? Because they have earthquakes. Which means that if the earthquake comes, you want, you want the building to somewhat stay together. Over in Ohio, we, we, I can't even remember the last time we had an earthquake. So they don't have that kind of strictness on the building codes here. If an earthquake hit here like it does in California, it would tear up the whole place. Why? Unprepared for that future. So what am I saying? The word in us that is actionable makes us prepared for any future. Regardless of what it looks like, regardless of how tough it is, regardless of how it beats on us, we are ready for the world if we have the word in us, engrafted, hidden 
yes. in us. Oh my, oh my. The problem is sometimes we're scrambling for the word when the disaster's here. Yes. Yes. Come on, sir. And it's too late. Yes, sir. You should have spent the last six months praying up yes, sir. for the disaster that's here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Imagine, imagine if people in hurricane, the hurricane yes, had not had those shelters all along the, along the down there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They had those shelters not because of what was going on that day, because they said to me, next month, next year, it's going to be season for hurricanes again. We have to be ready for the hurricane. Everything might be okay today, but we are hiding the word for what's going to happen tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. The building of this house was all, the material was fine, but the foundation is for the future. Yes. The, the foolish man didn't think did, about the did future, did didn't think about the situations he would come across, yes, right. didn't think about anything other than what he was doing on right that then. day. Jesus. We have to look to the future. Thank you, Jesus. Here and do yes. is about the future, not just even about the now. Oh, yes. Hearing the doing yes. gets us ready for the future. Amen. Let's keep reading. Verse 25, and the rain descended. Yes. And the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. This wise man realized that there's going to be some bad days ahead. This wise man realized I need to be prepared for when it rains. Right. It's been sunny during building season. Yes. You know, everybody builds during summer. No one builds in the winter if they can help it. If you can build in the summer, it's better. But you don't build for the summer assuming that the winter will never come. Right. You can't do that. You've got to build for the summer assuming there will be a terrible winter. And we've got to be ready when it comes. That's what hearing and doing the word is. Hearing and doing prepares you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's keep reading. And the, said the rain descended. It came from literally everywhere. You got rain from above, floods from up underneath, and then winds from the side. From every conceivable angle. That means this wise man was prepared from every conceivable angle of attack. The hidden word prepares you for every conceivable attack of the enemy. Anything that he can throw at you, the word prepares you for. Yes. But you've got to hide it in your heart. Yes. Let's keep reading down. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which has built his house upon the sand. Again, my assumption here is that they built from the same materials. But the house of the guy with the house of sand just assumed that the house, that it was going to be fair weather from now until he died. That's a terrible assumption, saints. It's a terrible assumption for us to assume things will be good always. Tragedies are going to come. And you need to be on a foundation ready to deal with the tragedy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 27, the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. There is a transference from a foundation to the house. Yes, sir. The stronger the foundation, the stronger the house. Amen. The weaker the foundation, 
You can have your house be as, you can make your house of steel. If your foundation is trash, your house is trash. As soon as a little bit of wind comes or rains or floods, you can make your house of steel. If your foundation is trash, if your foundation is garbage, the house is going down. The word is our foundation. And everything else is quicksand. There's nothing else to consider. Hallelujah. As the song says, all other ground is sinking sand. Don't trust it. Don't trust any other ground. I don't care what it looks like. It's not trustworthy. Me and Sister Tanya, when we've looked at houses, if we, because we experienced the flood. Remember at Hunting Creek, we experienced the, the, the flood. And we said we will never... A bit, we've seen good deals too and we said no I've experienced that and I'm not going back to that right I'm saying I want the layout of my land to meet certain specifications and one of them is you can't have a river or reservoir next to my house not my permanent residence if I'm going there for a vacation I'll stay there for two weeks but I'm going back to my house without the water right so we've seen good houses where we said oh that's that just doesn't meet our requirements the flood may never come but I'm not gonna have to worry about it if I build in the right location in the first place what am I encouraging you to do? Be hearers and doers of the word. And that will make sure you're ready for the future. There's going to be tough days. There's going to be very tough days. But we're going to pray today for that future day. We're going to invest in the word today so that we are prepared for the Lord's coming. In the name of the Lord Jesus. May God have his blessings to bring him with you. Thank you, Jesus.